WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! Listen up, Slapknot. This is Jeff Jarrett. Hey, this is Trish Stratus. This is the undisputed future of WWE. Seth Rollins. Hey, this is Kane from WWE. This is TNA Superstar EC3. Hey, this is Gail Kim. This is WWE Superstar Natalia. Hi, this is Bree. And this is Nikki. And we're the Battle Twins. Yes, this is Broken, not Hardy. The greatest man that ever lived always likes a good rack. And you're listening to the greatest rack. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning... I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. In this moment in time right now, this very second, I can truly say that I have the whole damn world in my head. With your host, they've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my God, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my God, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot the back. I like puppets. And her producer, Sir Rocket. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This right here means I'm the champ that runs the camp. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Right here. I knew you dumb. And this is going to be simply glorious. Who's to know if your soul will fade at all? The one you sold to fool the world. You lost your self-esteem along the way. Welcome to the rack right here on wildtalkradio.com. Retro our friends over at nerd.net. Let me just completely botch the plug. Anyway, wrestle figure photography. Follow the journey today at instagram.com slash mbg1211 and tnaasylum.net. The haven for TNA fans. There we go. There's the plug. It's Thursday night. Screwed up the plugs. Everybody take a shot. Anyway, you're listening to us over at Gerwick.net, RackRadioShow.com, or WildTalkRadio.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, Lindsay Board. I am all in flutter because of what we're talking about tonight, because Pokemon Gen 2 launched, because just fun, all this fun stuff is going on. I'm joined by my ever-faithful producer, slash co-host, slash handyman, Sorokin. It, it's wrestling figure photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com, slash MBG1211. Do you feel better? It's not Russell figure photography. Just it's saying. close enough. Well, someone may have Russell figure photography. We don't need to plug them. We need to plug wrestling figure photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. You can follow us on Twitter at Wild Talk Radio, Rack Radio Show, or at Lynn's Ward. Interact with us live at WildTalkRadio.com, Gerwick.net, or RackRadioShow.com. We're also available on TuneIn Radio. Just search for Wild Talk Radio Network. Nobody has wrestle figure photography. Just saying. Just, just putting that out. Anyway, 
we have stuff we need to talk about tonight. We have news. We have notes. We're going to be talking NXT. And there was this little thing that happened on Sunday, you know, called Elimination Chamber. We're going to be talking about that, plus the following SmackDown in the SmackDown throwdown. So I say we just, you know, jump right into the news, brought to you by our friends over at Gerwick.net and TNAsylum.net, the haven for TNA fans. Where do you want to start? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we don't really have any huge stories per se this week, which is I guess a good thing coming out of a pay-per-view. You never want to like a ma- major crazy story, so we'll just talk about Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar is always the main event anyway, so talk about him first. That is Brock announced to no shock to anybody that he is retiring from MMA. This is coming off a suspension from the UFC for one year for doping, so... USADA, not UFC. Whatever. They're different. Or- USADA is the, the, the organization. It's- UFC is not suspending Brock Lesnar. Just want to get the facts straight. They're alternative. And then Nevada and USADA, because of the suspension, he'll be he could have go face up to a year to two years, and he made the decision that, well, I, I'm going to notify them that basically, I'm done, so stop coming to my house, stop trying to find me, I don't want to take your stinking test anymore, I'm done. Yeah, he wants to be left alone. And I will say they were a little excessive in the testing of him, just a little bit, but they obviously were, are completely validated because they did catch him, so... It's not even that, it, he... Because he was in the USADA testing program, because he was going back, was involved with UFC, anytime he traveled, anywhere he went, he would have to let them know. Yeah. Because they could come anywhere to test him, whether he's in the mountains, whether he's in the woods, whether he's at Monday Night Raw, they could come test him. So now that he's no longer, he's officially retired for the second time, he does not... He's just telling where he's at. He can go about his business and no longer be tested. Which has got to be nice for him and his family, because that always had to be awkward. Yeah, and it's just a sign that, you know, even with the suspension that's looming and everything, it's like, his MMA days are probably behind him. He's taking a lot more wrestling. He's doing a lot more things with WWE lately. And he's making a lot of money doing a lot less work. So, that's always been the plan. Yeah, take it where you can get it. Make the bigger paydays. Do less work. Spend more time with your family. I mean, that's one win for Brock Lesnar. You can't complain about it. No, no, you really can't. So staying on the retirement theme, and another no real surprise to anybody move, Rosa Mendez announced this week that she will also be retiring, this time from WWE, not UFC, um, to spend more time with her baby daughter and her fiancé slash husband. Did she get married? I don't know. I was busy tracking down another one that I couldn't figure out today. What, marriage? Whether someone was still married married or not. Oh, right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we were still working on that. Yeah. So her, she spent more time basically with her family. Uh, this isn't any, like I said, any huge surprise. Rosa hasn't been seen on TV since she gave birth to her daughter. Uh, she, there was, I think, her trying to come back at one point. She was training at the performance center, but um, either she wasn't able to bounce back like she wanted or there really wasn't anything for her. Let's, let's be honest. She was never good in the ring. She was dreadful in the ring, that's truthfully. Was she a good valet? She was an okay valet for for Primo and Epco years ago. She had her role. It was no longer to be a part of the WWE product. She would never be able to hang with some of their girls in the ring right now. She would just, they would be working, running circles around her and she would just stand there at this point if she ever decided to get back in the ring. It's unfortunate that, you know, you have to say that, but that's the honest truth. Some people make it, some people don't. And Rosa has spent 10 years with WWE. That's an amazing feat for appearing on three pay-per-views. In her lifetime, losing all three matches, and they were usually Battle Royals. And, yeah, so... Sorry to I was see trying you. to be nice about it. Okay. She provided some entertainment on Total Divas when she was featured. She was a nice 
person who stirred the pot on Total Divas with Paige. Is that better? Is that a better positive spin to that? Not really, but good try. A for effort. So yeah. I mean, There's I don't you- want to be mean. Like, I really, really, really don't want to be mean, but... It's like, because she's such a super sweet person, you can tell she's just really a good, kind-hearted person. Right, and there's nothing against the person, Just she just didn't have the ability to keep up with the people. That's it. It's similar to that. And I think that's ultimately what it came down to, was either she made that decision, or they kind of told her, you can't hang anymore. Towards the end, they were trying to find roles for her, and they were trying to do an interviewer gimmick with her, and she was not that great. But then you look at some of their interviewers, they're not that great, so maybe it's them, not the people who actually do the interviews. It just wasn't working out. So she might be the most genuine person there is, but she would even admit that she was probably not that great in the ring. Oh no, she wasn't, and it's something of... I mean, you look at you look at who's getting ring time, and you look at who's not getting ring time. And that kind of speaks volumes to everybody. The only exception to that is probably Paige, but that's just because Paige is out of action right now, injured. But in terms of the active divas, you look at who is getting matches, and that kind of speaks to skill level, because I think they want to have the better divas, or not divas, women, in the ring. And I think they're trying to phase out some of the previous divas just a little bit. And when you say Mendez, it doesn't sound like Alicia fucks. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just, just, Just saying. So, best of luck to Rosa and her family as she moves forward. I hope she finds everything she's looking for. I hope she's super happy, and I hope everything works out for her. She should be very happy. Um, Baron Corbin wears her husband's stuff all the time on on SmackDown. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, all the shirts he wears, except for the one that has a wolf on it, are um, from her husband's product line. So, Go Baron! (laughs) Keeping him afloat. Go Baron! (laughs) One t-shirt at a time. Nice guy, Baron Corbin. Tight pants, Corbin. Tight pants. Tall drink of water, Corbin. Uh, he has yeah. his tight pants on. Oh, God. He has his tight pants on. Anyway. <gasps> moving on to a tag team match, player. Holla holla! The next inductee of the WWE Hall of Fame was announced this week, and everybody rejoice! Because our favorite GM is going into the Hall of Fame. That's right. Teddy Long, your next WWE Hall of Famer. I'm excited for this. He can, he'll make Hall of Fame matches with The Undertaker and tie team matches play a holla holla. I want to see who inducts him. I want Ron Simmons to induct him. Or or JBL and Ron Simmons, as Lindsay's going to tell you. But I'd rather just see Ron Simmons do it, because I think Ron Simmons would knock it out of the park. Ron Simmons and The Godfather. Why The Godfather? Because they all rode together. Oh, right, right, right. Like The only reason I wanted JBL was because they rode together with Teddy Long. It was like Simmons, JBL, The Godfather, and Teddy Long. They were all in the same car. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a trail. That's a car right there. That's a force. You um, know they saw some good times. But yeah, I know so it's like I would be one hundred percent okay with Ron Simmons, I would be okay with the Godfather. You know, as long as it's somebody that can do Teddy Long justice, because if you look at Teddy Long's career. He's pretty much done everything. Except, I think, be a wrestler. Although, he, he might have been one. He's wrestled, but he's never. he's been a manager. He's been a referee. He's been a ring crew. He's been a general manager. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of done it all, seen it all. If anybody deserves it, it's Teddy Long. So, I, like I said, I'm excited for this. He should be a great induction. Great speeches. You know, because as much as I love the Hall of Fame and it's all about who is deserving, it's also about the speeches. Because nobody has forgotten Mr. T. Nobody. Like, to the point that they had to send Kane out to shut him up. Uh, 
Lemans asked, what about the Undertaker? No, the Undertaker wouldn't do it. I mean, he, Mark Calloway, the person, would probably say, yeah, sure, whatever, he would do it, but the Undertaker doesn't do speeches. Oh, no, I think for the right person, he would do it. Teddy Long's not the right person. I actually would love to see Taker give an induction speech, just because he would walk out really begrudgingly and just look at everybody and be like, they made me do this. But he wouldn't do it for Teddy Long. As much as he probably respects him, it just wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, that being said, if Teddy Long makes a joke at Taker's expense, I'm okay with that. I'm totally on board with that. So, congratulations to Teddy Long can't wait to see the speeches. Remember, the WWE Hall of Fame takes place the Friday before WrestleMania. Ding! Only on the WWE Network. And speaking of the WWE Network, well, they are one show down. It was announced this past week that WWE has canceled Legends with JBL. Uh, the reasons were unknown. It's likely due to ratings, to cost, to uh, probably difficulties getting people there because they shot it in court. At corporate in Stanford, I believe. And I know JBL is coming from Bermuda. Mm-hmm. So they had to get everybody else to corporate, whoever they were going to have. So probably a combination of things where it just got too difficult to do. And the series he was doing, they were very historical interviews. They weren't present day stuff, so it's hard to do. What I really want them to do again is the Wrestling Roundtable. The Legends Roundtable? The Legends Roundtable. Not even Legends, just the Wrestling Roundtable. Table. You get five wrestlers together, you give them a topic, and you just go. So, I, I mentioned this to you on Monday, I think it was. Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was. Yeah, it was Monday. I would love to have them had a sports center just to talk about the, the events of Elimination Chamber and spend an hour-long discussion talking about who won the Elimination Chamber and the WWE Championship. We're not going to talk about that right now, but it have been cool to see something like that. I would be open to it. Like, you do a whole... You have a historical breakdown, you have people, you know, you have people talk about it, like it's a big to-do. They should do more of that on the network. Talking smack and stuff is like, is great, but that's more of an interview show. I would have, you get historical analysis, analysis from other people and break it down, like a live thing. I'd be cool with that. I think that's what the post-shows were originally supposed to be, and the pre-shows, I think that's what they were supposed to be, but they shifted the formats a little. And now they've made them into interviews. Like, I don't know if I could do it for an hour. I would say maybe a half hour. But it all depends on who you have on there. You can do it in an hour. You you, you don't want to just spend it on one topic, but for the entire show, you can, you can do it in an hour. Easy. You watch sports and, you, you know, you run some highlights, you, you know, you, you do everything. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Sports Center doesn't do anything for me. So it's... I, I like. That. I see where you're coming from, but Sports Center does nothing for me. As a sports guy, this is what I like. Different sports guy, I like it. And what they could do is more tables for three. I need more table for three in my life. They usually film them at WrestleMania, so we'll probably get them then. We'll probably get more. Like they take them all to this really classy high high end restaurant, and you know, I want I want the Undertaker and Kane table for three. I don't know who they stick in there as the third person. You kind of do need a third person for a table for three. Brian. Brian. He would be so awkward there. But it would be funny as crap. Not like First Take on ESPN. I don't like First Take on ESPN. I've never watched First Take on ESPN. Especially not with Skip Bayless. Oh, he can go to hell. He talked crap about the Falcons. Even though now they deserve it, he can go to hell. But yeah, no. I, see, who else could you throw in there? Taker or Kane? Triple H, Shawn Michaels. They should do one with Hunter, Sean, and Taker. That would be fun. That would be really fun. I'm trying to think of who, like, who else was really wrapped up. 
Edge. The Undertaker. Kane. Edge. Think about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm liking where this is going. There you go. Alright, we'll go with it. Because Edge and Kane are super tight, and I think Taker and Edge are friends. So there's, like, that common tie. Even though I loved what I would have loved to have seen one with Bearer. Like, that's that's my dream thing, is, like, when Bearer was still alive, of you sit the Undertaker, Kane, and Bearer down, and you just give them a topic, and you let them talk, and you let them reminisce and tell all the stories mm-hmm. of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so sad that they never got that on film. No, they never did. That's so, so sad. Because it would have been amazing. It would have. Absolutely amazing. So, anyway. Oh, well, but so sorry for JBL. I'm sure they'll find him something else to do. He's still commentating SmackDown, so I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he, he's going to be fine. Uh, just a couple quick notes. Vince Vaughn has officially joined the Page movie. Uh, he hooked up with The Rock. He's being given a role. I think he, is he playing? Who's he playing? I don't know. I did not catch who he's playing. I think The Rock alluded to it's basically an 80s star that blew all his money, so I'm not sure if he's going to do... I'm not sure who he's playing. But he will be in the movie. He does have a part. Also, the movie is expanding as MGM has picked up the rights to the movie, so it looks like it's probably going to get a nationwide, at least in the U.S., release, probably a worldwide release in limited syndication or something like that. But this picture is expanding, which is awesome for The Rock, awesome for Paige's family. And, this then today, they will be filming at the Staples Center this week, most likely probably on Monday. Fun. Raw's there, just saying. So maybe before or after Raw, they'll use the crowd and, hey, you're going to be part of the movie. Woohoo! But yeah, they're, they're filming there this week. They're filming there this week. Awesome. Also, speaking of filming things... It's HBO, I think, that has greenlighted the Andre the Giant documentary. It's official. Uh, Bill Simmons will team with WWE and HBO Sports to produce a documentary on the wrestling legend Andre the Andre the Giant. The film will explore the wrestler's upbringing in France, his wrestling career, and his forays into Hollywood. Uh, they'll talk about um, his, the Giantism that he um, got diagnosed with and everything like that. Uh, they've added on Jason Heher uh, to be the director. I probably botched his name, but, you know, that's par for the course. He's worked with Simmons on the 30 for 30s for ESPN, so they're a pretty good director for that. So there you go. That should be cool. Looking forward to it whenever it comes out, probably next year. I like how they did the XFL, so I'm looking forward to how they do this one. Or wait, no, that was ESPN. Never mind. I'm sorry. I don't know where my brain is tonight. Because I did mention ESPN and 30 for 30, but this guy used to did a few 30 for 30s, so he has a history with that. But this is for HBO. But it's going to have that similar look and feel. Probably, yes. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm used to that. Because Simmons was a big component uh, uh, in producing 30 for 30s a while back before he left ESPN. He was involved with it. Ah! But, you know, he's now with HBO and stuff like that. They had a falling out. So there's that. Yeah, we don't talk about that. In other news... In other news, a couple unfortunate notes, and we always hate to do this on the show because we don't like reporting death, but unfortunately the Blame Robs have come early this week in... One Chavo Classic, hashtag Blame Rob. Boom! Yeah, I'm not playing the sounder. <laughs> oh, you're not playing sounder, okay. I'm, I'm being classy on this show. Oh, we're being classy, okay. There's a, there's a first. Um, we try to be on this show. Right? Unlike Saturdays. Midnight-ish, Eastern. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. I mean, nobody can be classy at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's impossible. CBRadioLive.com. And breaking today, actually just right before we went on the air, it was announced that Nicole Bass has passed away of unknown circumstances. 
She got ill uh, a few days ago and was taken to the hospital and uh, passed away today. So very unfortunate. We send our most heartfelt condolences to their families, to their friends, to their loved ones. We hope you're getting through this very difficult time and we wish you all nothing but the best. And last but certainly not least, I'm excited to talk about this one because this is really, really freaking cool, y'all. WWE is releasing another book, okay? But it's not just any book. I'm actually sitting here with it in my hand right now because we got, we scored the preview copies because we're sick like that. Yeah, we're also like that. WWE released the Book of Rules. Yep. And it's not like every other fantastically done WWE book. Oh no, no, no. This one is a amalgamation of things. I don't even know how to really describe it, but basically it looks like it's wrapped up in a, man- in a manila folder and it's a bunch of pretty much photocopied pages that are, you know, like internal memos that have stuff written all over them, post-it notes. Um, one of them is celebrating a life and loving memory of Paul Randall Wright Sr. And it's a, there's a hand-drawn picture of the boss man driving away with the coffin. Yeah. So the book, <clears throat> which, um, where's that piece of paper? There we go. Official. You can hear the piece of paper. Uh, the, WWE, the official WWE Book of Rules and How to Break Them is available on February 28th, 28th and shares how superstars past and present reshaped the laws of sports entertainment, revealing the, the do's and don'ts of WWE Stardom, featuring rules and their revisions from WWE superstars of yesterday and today. More than 200 pages of commentary, drawings, diagrams, and forward by SmackDown Live's general manager, Daniel Bryan. It's sure to delight any WWE fan. It is available... On February 28th, on the back of the book, says $15.99 US, $22.99 Canadian. And it has a forward by Dan O'Brien, which is really, really cute. But it's a really, really neat book. I would recommend everybody go check it out at least. It's worth looking at. Because from my standpoint, from just a, an art standpoint, it's really well done. It's very well made. I love the hell out of this little book so much. That, it's so cool. That said... Next week on the show, we're going to dive a little deep into the book, and we'll actually probably tell you a couple of the rules and stuff. We're gonna yeah, because some of the rules are interesting. We're going to do a little book review next week on the show before, hey! it, co- before it comes out, so you'll all get a sneak peek of the book next week. Ding! We're shameless like that. But thanks to the folks um, at um, Topics Media Lab for hooking us up. Yes. Thank you so much for this. Please do more of these, or more books like these, because... This is fantastic. I really love this little book so much. It is an awesome, awesome little book. Um, it was a big topic on Twitter the other day. But it's like, hey, we already have the copy of the book. <laughs> Suckers. Because we're awesome like that. We're awesome like that. But though, thanks to them for hooking us up, and we'll review the book next week. And a formal review will come on the website uh, close to the release. Yes. So that does it for the news. We're going to move on and take our first break of the evening. And when we come back better get your earplugs because we're going to be talking about Elimination Chamber and the Smackdown Throwdown. So if you don't want to hear about Bray Wyatt and anything pertaining to Bray Wyatt, now would be the time to turn off the show. Just saying. Come back in about 30 minutes. We should be done. So you're listening to Rack right here at MalltalkRadio.com and we'll be right back. You see that you should not have messed with me, but you have thrown the gauntlet down
what is the greatest cartoon TV show of all time? CB Radio has decided. It's the Greater Than Great Debate, heard every Saturday night, midnight as Eastern on CB Radio only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. The evolution of online sports entertainment begins again on Sunday nights when you step into the ring with Wrestle Talk Radio. Covering all the latest in the WWE, TNA, and the indie scene. Plus, providing you with the most comprehensive coverage of every WWE and TNA pay-per-view. Join WrestleTalk Radio every Sunday night, live only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Can't catch a WTR program live? Well, we've got three easy ways for you to listen whenever you want. First, listen to the Wild Talk Radio Network on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes and search for Wild Talk Radio Network and subscribe to our feed. Secondly, download the Stitcher Radio app and search for Wild Talk Radio Network. And finally, just visit the archive section right here at wildtalkradio.com and you can download every single episode of all your favorite programs. Best of all, it's free. Keep up to date and spread the word to your friends on how you can be part of the Wild Talk Radio Network listening experience. You think you know me. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar, a.k.a. Dwight Hendrickson from Haven, and you are listening to The Rack. Here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And also a huge shout out everybody, to everybody listening to us over at Gerwick.net, RackRadioShow.com, and WildTalkRadio.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, that, that is my happy music because we are talking Elimination Chamber and Oh, I was excited for this pay-per-view. Everybody was excited for this pay-per-view. Why? Because of what happened at the end and what the rumors were for what could happen at the end of this show. But we, we can't talk about the ending just, just yet because, well, there's a whole card we have to discuss. There is a whole card we have to discuss. 
even though I don't want to discuss it and I just want to go right to the end so I could just, you know, let this joy out because I've held it in for days. But fine. We start off with the pre-show and the Texas two-step fall. JBL tripping. It's amazing. <laughs> he, 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 he tripped and he fell. And he face-planted. And he face-planted and they would not let him die. Oh no, it's been gift. No, the, the announcers, I mean, they wouldn't let it die on air. It was like, we're, we're going to make you um, regret th- this for the entire show. And even on SmackDown. Of course. Of course. That was the thing. So anyway, now on to the show. Mojo Raleigh versus Kurt Hawk. Wouldn't you know it, Mojo Raleigh won. I'm not going to describe the match. I, no one cared. Go, Mojo, go! Stay hyped! We both picked Mojo, the eight ball picked Kurt Hawk. Moving to the main show. Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. Great match. They had a good match. I got fed up with David Otunga commentary. He 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 mentioned I talked about this Sunday on WTR that Mickey James has a lot of ring rust because she hasn't worked for a seven. Yeah, David Otunga, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. She has wrestled for the last seven. Well, you can't say where she's wrestled, but she has wrestled for the last seven years because there, she's wrestled since she came back from pregnancy, dude. She's wrestled all the independent promotions you can think of. They're full of impact and total nonstop action anywhere, whether it's Merlin, Florida. Wherever, Nashville. No, wherever. Yeah, I mean, that was just like... that. That's one side of it. Then he goes, she hasn't been wrestling like Becky has for... Becky has, you know, wrestling every single day and for, for seven straight years. So in David Otunga's logic, Becky's been in WWE for seven years. You know they told him to say that. No, they didn't. This was his logic. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. Please take David Otunga off commentary. He's terrible. Tim has a or- petition. Go sign it, people. It's on his Twitter. Flames forums. Or at the very least, get him a better script. Like, just give the man a script. Because I-, I think that's honestly what he needs to help him out. Because he's trying to improv a little bit. And it's just not working for him at all. That being said, onto the match. Mickey James focused in on the arm. There was a nice senton from the top row for a two count by Mickey. Missile drop kick from by Becky for a two count. We had the mid kick, but Becky was under the ropes. DD no disarmor, roll up, reversed, jackknife cover. Your winner, surprisingly, Becky Lynch. Yeah, I was really stunned by this. In a great way, because points, but I was stunned Becky won. Yeah. I was. I mean, I'm really happy for her. I think that was a great move, but it's just like, it's Mickey's singles debut, it's on pay-per-view, it makes complete sense that she's going to go over, and she didn't. She put she put Becky over, which I really liked, for all the selfish reasons. <laughs> we both went with Mickey the April in the video game, went with Becky Lynch. Stupid April. The next matchup on the card. It was a good opener. They never, it was a great opener. They never kicked it into fourth or fifth gear, but they were the opening match, and they were, they were pretty good. Apollo Crews and Kalisto versus Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler attacked Kalisto during his entrance, breaking the set. You guys have got to play nicer with the sets. They're brand new. They're expensive. They're not even a year old yet. Stop trying to break them. Then Ziggler beat on Crews. Kalisto came back like Hararic, because... It, Cause for reasons to get the two-on-one advantage over the heel. The logic in the story might make no sense. Uh, spin kick, blind tag, spin out powerbomb, winners co- Cruz and Kalisto after the match. Kalisto got attacked by Ziggler, knocked him off the, the ropes, down to the floor. Cruz gets attacked as well. Ziggler does the Pillman-style angle stop, chair spot, trying to break his ankles. Always told, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. I was kind of wondering what they were going to do with the two-on-one situation, and well, they solved it. Really, really, really quickly. <laughs> with Ziggler attacking Kalisto in his entrance. This was... 
This was a match. It was there. Can't even say it was a thing. I feel really bad for Apollo Crews and Kalisto. And Dolph Ziggler. I just, they deserve better. Backwards logic, storytelling, awful booking. Fans were going crazy for the heel. Yeah, I feel so bad for everybody involved in that. They tried. They tried. Everyone. They get the participation award. They tried. Everyone in that story was miscast in their role. Just saying. Yeah. We had Cruz and Kalisto. So did the video game, but A-Ball went without Ziggler. So, haha, A-Ball. Say what? Anyway. Next matchup. Tag Team Turmoil. American Alpha. The Usos, the Vaude Villains, Rhino and Heath Slater. The Ascension and Rizango. Rizango and Slater start. Rizango, Slater, and Rhino where it starts. I'll let you say their outfits. Okay. Alright. Rizango. Thank you. Thank you for that. 100%. Like, they came out, cause their whole thing is the fashion police, right? So they come out in these stark, crisp, white. Like, the tops were either naval or just stark white uniform tops with the hat, and then they had wrestling tra- pant- like pants on. But it's like, that hit like every button, thank you for that. Night made. Or moment the night was made, part one. Because there's a part two to that. But yeah. Thank you for those outfits, Brizango. Please wear them more often. It improves the view. Oh, immensely. They were eliminated first, so they were our picks, and the Apollo's pick. We were trying. We tried. Vaud villains were then eliminated next. Usos came out. They eliminated Slater and Rhino. Mark and Alpha came in. They beat the Usos. The Usos then blindsided, attacked them, beat them up, laid them out on the outside, made it easy pickings for the Ascension. The Ascension came in. They hit the fall of man. You go, oh my god, they're going to do it. But Chad Gable, who I thought was legal because he was the one who got the pinfall in the previous fall, was the legal man, but wasn't. It they hit the fall man on Jason Jordan, but Gable broke it up. They battled for a little while, but American Alpha hit grand amplitude for the win and to retain the tag team titles. Yay! As mentioned, we got that wrong. We got that wrong. I mean, this was good. This was decent. I I like how they did it because you didn't have American Alpha beat the entire tag division, which is what you want. You know, you want them to beat somebody individually so that way you can have other contenders later. You don't have to rebuild someone. Yet, you know, I get the the team they did beat. They're, they're they're feuding with. Okay. This did nothing for any team. This did nothing for any team, but it could have been worse. How could it have been worse? They pinned everybody. No, at least then you would have made American Alpha for the most dominant tag team on the roster, and then you would have had to bring up a new tag team. No, they're going to bring up a new tag team. They're going to bring up the revival. But that's after that's WrestleMania. At some point. Yeah, I know. Anyway, it was Nikki Bella versus Natalia. Thoughts. For what this was, it was good. No, it wasn't. Would you let me finish? God, I can't take you anywhere. I'm just being honest. I think the fact that they went with a ground-based wrestling, as opposed to just a fight, was a little bit of a mistake. Because you did such an amazing job of building these two up pretty much on nothing. That when it came to the match, because it's like, you know, they've been at each other's throats... Trying to rip each other's hair out, fighting backstage the whole nine, trading insults. You get to the match, and they have a match. It should have been a fight. Should have been a knockdown, drag out, fight. And that's not what this was. This was a wrestling match. Which catered to Natty beautifully, because Natty is, of course, a fantastic wrestler. But that's not what this needed to be. The idea was... You know, the only thing you're good at, Nick and Natty, is wrestling. So Nikki tried to out wrestle her, but you've been trying to beat the ever living snot out of one another for six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it's been, and it was not the fight you need. The fight you need is what's going to happen next week on SmackDown, which we'll get into during the SmackDown Throwdown. Yeah, I mean, it was like 
it was okay. But, oh, one other thing. Natty, stop with the you can't see me's. Yeah. First three, okay. Next seven were not, or just overkill. I'm over exaggerating the number, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah, she kept, she kept going back to it. So it just was enough. So the match ended double count out. And then it got good. Then it got really good. They had the fight they should have been having. They beat the ever living tar out of each other, battling up the ram. Natty got laid out with a spear. This was the right way to finish it. But this should have been the match. Yeah, it's like you're sitting there watching them beat the crap out of each other after the match. Nikki hits this beautiful spear on Natty. And just takes her down right there on the ramp. And you're sitting there going, why weren't you doing this for the last 10 minutes? Or 15 minutes? Or however long the match was? It's like, why? Why? Where was this ferocity and intensity that entire match? Because it wasn't there. It wasn't. It's like they dialed back the emotion to do the match. And then once the match was over, then they dialed it back up. Or rather, Nikki dialed it back up. So, that's how that and we then had a promo from the Wyatt family. Tonight they will go their separate ways, but in the end, they will reunite. I got a new coat! Also, peace out, Randy. Speaking of Randy, he took on Luke Harper. Oh, this is great. This is great. They never really hit fourth gear until, like, the very, very end. But, oh, this was fantastic. Just, they went for it. And Luke and Randy have a very unique chemistry that I kind of want to see more of. Because Randy did everything he could to make Luke look like a million bucks, which is not hard to do because Luke is just really that good. But there's a point at the end of the match where Luke hits the super kick on Randy, and Randy just sells the crap out of it. Like, his ankle was bent the wrong way, and he's stumbling around, and you just, and then Harper hits a second super kick and takes Orton down. And it was that moment where you're like, oh my god, is Luke actually going to win? Is he going to beat Orton? He didn't, sadly, but this was just, I really, really liked how they did this match, and I want more of this match. This was matchup was, the best way to say it, a tremendous job of selling. Luke Harper selling the backdrop on the table was awesome. Luke had an amazing comeback. It was hard-hitting. You could see the sweat on both guys. They were really working hard. We had a nice full Nelson by Randy where they got two count. Randy goes for the RK, is, you know, pounding on the mat, doing the RKO stuff. He eats a super kick, and he sells it like he had been shot. His ankles are bent sideways, and he's stumbling around. It was an awesome sell. It's like, go back, if you didn't catch it, just watch his feet. Sold everything. He ate another super kick. It was a long two count. We had a sit-down powerbomb by Harper for a two count. Hard uppercuts, back and forth, thumb to the eye. RKO, your winner, Randy Orton. They told a really nice story in this, too. And it's like, they really do complement each other very, very well, because I think Luke works a style that Randy likes, and vice versa. And they just, they really, really do work very well together. Yeah, and this is the match you wanted to see a few weeks ago on SmackDown. Yeah, it's like, this is going to be really interesting, because Bray Wyatt will not be there. He's not going to be there to get involved He's not going to be there to stop Luke or to stop Randy. It's basically, this is the fight we've been waiting for. This is the battle for Bray's love right here. We then went backstage. Nikki was being interviewed. Natty stopped it. They brawled. Maurice got knocked down and took some powder to the face. Mania! Subtle. Very, very subtle. Again, where was this intensity in the match? It's been what they've been doing for six weeks. It's just brawling backstage. It worked. In the match, it's a different story. We then had the women's title match, Alexa Bliss and Naomi. This was good, until it broke down. <laughs> the ending. Ooh, they were fine for the first few minutes. Then it got bad, and 
the last two. Like, they messed up. They did a split leg moonsault spot. It got messed up. And the match went downhill from there. It, the finish, Twisted Bliss, no knees up, split leg moonsault for a three count, and, and the, she barely hit the moonsault because Alexa was still rolling into place. It just, everything about that was just, wasn't oh, any, any good. I think Naomi was, it's like you can't tell if Naomi was moving too fast, if Alexa was moving too slow, or if there was just miscommunication in the ring at the end of the match. Because it's like you could tell what the spot was supposed to be, but they just, they didn't get there in time, or they they got there too. It's like Naomi would get there too early and Alexa was too late, especially for the finish. Both of them were at fault. Yeah, and it's just like, I think the timing on this one just got thrown off. And nobody's really to blame. No, they they're, both screwed it they're up. They're both to blame. They're both to blame. Time to be nice. Well, you said it, but you, you said no one's to blame, but they both screwed up. So it's both. They both. It was both to blame for it. I'm just, you know, verbalizing what you said and trying to be nice. Just saying. Anyway, your new WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, a long time coming. Naomi. Me, you, the April on video game with Alexa. So we got that one wrong. I was really happy to see this because Naomi deserves this. She's worked so hard to get here because you think about she was original part of the original nxt class they brought her up as a cheerleader for brodus clay she's worked her way up in the ring she's fought her way to get here she's been passed over quite a lot she's been injured quite a lot so for her to get here to for her to get the title it's really an awesome moment for her plus they're gonna do the storybook i won the title i'm going to wrestlemania in my hometown thing which is really nice then we get to our main event WWE Championship is on the line in the brand new Elimination Chamber. Let's start with the look of the chamber first. Thoughts? Oh, I like the new chamber so much better. Oh my god, it's so much nicer. It's clean, it fits better, it looks better. If you if you haven't seen the original chamber, which I'm sure there's some people are, it was big, it was clunky, it was heavy, it didn't really fit around the ring right because somebody said, oh hey... Let's make a round object for and stick a square ring in the middle of it and see what happens. You could tell it was difficult to work in, that they had really awkward spaces, the choke points were weird, the pods never worked right because of the way that they had to be secured. It's like they did it and they made it, but they really didn't think about it in terms of a practicality standpoint, where it was going to be used a lot. So the redesign, you can tell somebody sat down, looked at the chamber, and redesigned it so it made sense. It makes sense for any arena. It's square on the bottom. They can take it anywhere. They don't have to extend out and lose seating to fit the chamber. It'll just fit right over the ring, right over the current set, which is what you want. I like the square because it gives, it's more like Hell in the Cell on the bottom, so it's they've got more room to work in it. They put out. They took out the terrible steel grating that you know hurt like hell. They basically made it safer. Safer, lighter, and more workable, because it was 26 feet high. Yeah, it looked every bit of 26 feet high. Instead of the to 20 feet or whatever the other one was. Um, they put a really, they put the logo in the top. I mean, it just, from a design standpoint, it was clean, it was modern, it was good, it functioned, it was perfect. And I love how they did the pods. I love how they did the pods. No more chains. No more chains. They they secure the pods. You can there are two doors on either side. You can just slide the doors shut. They have a locking mechanism that they use to secure the pods. No chains. No no like padlocks. Nothing like that. So there isn't this delay of the referee just you know trying to get the key into the lock and everything so the the wrestler can get out. They just pull one thing out. They open the doors. That's it. That's all they have to do. It's so much simpler for them. 
And in terms of the door, instead of it swinging open, it slides. So it's easier to get people in and out of the chamber. And you don't necessarily have to open the door all the way to get somebody out. You're not opening a whole side of the cage anymore. Yeah, So and when they shut it, you just put a padlock in there, and that's all they have to do. It's, like I said, somebody really actually thought it out. Because where the pods are, instead of having chains, they have the plexiglass going all the way out the side of the of the chamber. And the way that it's built is for the chains on the sides. It's built more like the cell, so it goes up in panels. So that's got to be easier on the crew. And it's just, it was well done. It was very well done. Somebody still got thrown, thrown through one of the pods, so that isn't fixed. But I don't think it ever will be. Alright, so we'll get to that. Um, the next thing on the list, on the agenda, is the Bray Wyatt entrance. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say this right now. If you don't want to hear about Bray Wyatt, this is your last and final warning to turn off this show right now. I'll give you a second. Three, two, one. Alright. The Bray Wyatt entrance. He stares down all three men in the pods. Oh, it was so pretty. So pretty. No, because he comes out, and he comes out in the darkness, and you've got the fireflies, and they're they're buzzing around the cage with all the little lights and everything. And what they did was they uplit the pods with this, like, purple lighting, and they uplit the chamber. So when he got in the ring, it looked really freaking spooky. And yeah, the bastard that he is... Just walks around and looks at everybody in the pods like, okay, all right. Gets a good look at Ambrose, gets a good look at Corbin, scares the ever-living crap out of Miz, and then he goes to his pod. And we have Bray in a box. So AJ Styles and John Cena start. They have their wrestling match, which they normally do. Then number three comes in. It's Dean Ambrose. And when he gets chosen, he goes, who, me? I I thought that was a great reaction. Oh, it's me. Cool. I'm cool. Ready to go. Dean had so much fun in this match. Like, I think he's been itching to get into the chamber because the one year or the last year that they did it, the Shield, it was Shield versus Wyatt's. No, the last year they did it, he was fighting for the WWE title that night. Was he in the chamber? No. Remember they did the one with the Mark Henry and the Ryback and the... (gasps) Right, 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 right. But he wasn't, he didn't get to go in the chamber. So Dean's never played in the chamber. No. Like, the two shots that he's had at it, he never got in a chamber. So, I think he's wanted to. And he finally got his chance. So, one of the things that was really interesting in this match had nothing to do with what the wrestlers were doing. It was the camera shots. Mm-hmm. They had some unique camera shots. They had the jib cam with, you know, on the, on the thing, on the rig, and just... You had nice, unique shots from sliding at the top of the cell, of the chamber. It was... They had some really awesome shots. I will say they were cutting a lot in this match where they were switching cameras a lot, but once you got used to it, it was fine. But it was like they had the cameras inside the pods or right at the pods, so you could see the person staring down into the pod that was waiting to go. Like Brock said, they had the boon camera, and what was nice is because the sides where the pods are are now plexiglass, they can raise the boon camera up and just shoot it through that. So you get a really nice clear shot of what's going on in the ring. I mean, you had camera guys in the chamber, you had camera guys outside the chamber. They did a really nice job with this. Like I said, somebody thought this through. So, uh, Dean Ambrose did diving elbow off the top of the pod... Super German by Cena on an Ambrose and Styles. AEA spins in Ambrose. Cena gets knocked down by an AJ kick. Lunatic Lariat on both three men are down. Insert Bray Wyatt with the crowd singing, He's got the whole world in his hands. Somebody was just a little over Sunday night. Just a little bit. He had his moments, um, then he got taken out for a minute. 
Cena and Styles then climbed the chamber wall. Cena got knocked off of it. Ambrose and Styles then fall on top of the pod. Dean, Dean dove on to Bray, but Bray stopped him. Uh, then put him on the top rope. AJ was still on the top of the pod, so Bray grabbed him by the neck. Dean had Bray set up for a powerbomb, so Bray suplexed him, the flip suplex by the neck, and the powerbomb, a nice take on the Tower of Doom spot by those three men. I have to give John Cena every compliment in the world in this match. He took a lot of risks, and he did a lot of high-risk moves. That he did. Baron Corbin was in next. They tested out the strength of this chamber by throwing Dean around into it. Yeah. That's what happened when Baron Corbin got in foul. Um... Miz was the last one to enter, and he's like, I'm not getting in this, I'm not leaving this pod. It's like, nope, 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 not going anywhere, not till you get some of them out of here. Dean rolled up Corbin, Corbin gone, and then Corbin went crazy on Dean just by throwing him around. And tried to kill him. And then Miz pinned... Miz pinned him, Miz pinned Dean after Corbin laid him out. Miz then took control, did the Brian kicks and Wyatt and Cena... Drop kicked everyone. Skull crushing finale to Bray. Okay, I want to stop you right there for a second. Bray, honey, would you not look like you enjoy being kicked? Can you not? Because he's like on there, right? And Cena's trying to sell the Brian kicks. And Bray's just kneeling there and Miz is just kicking him and he's absorbing the impact. And he's like, yeah, another, another, another. You kinky bastard. All right, we know. We know. Just try not to enjoy it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Miz goes to the top rope, goes for a crossbody, caught by John Cena. Hey, hey, Miz is gone. This thing, this is where things got really good. Cena, Styles, Wyatt. Yes. Styles and Cena, Styles and Wyatt worked together on Cena for a little bit. Then AJ got cocky, and then Bray smacked him upside the head, basically. Um, John Cena went for the ten local shuffle, connected AA to Wyatt. Styles clashed John Cena for two counts. Full flying, phenomenal flying forearm to Cena. No AA for a long two count. Cena points to the sign and climbs up to the top of the chamber, the chamber pod. This is where Lindsay is like, good job, Cena, for taking a risk. He does a crossbody on the bright and styles from the top of the pod. They go back and forth for a little bit. And then Bray hits Sister Abigail. Uno, dos, tres. John Cena's gone. <laughs> this is where I was like, yes! Redemption for WrestleMania 30! Yay! And then the two of us sat here going, come on, Bray, do it. Do it. Do it. You know you want to. Do it. Do the thing. We were nervous. We had goosebumps. It was like, I couldn't watch. I could, but I couldn't. It's one of those, oh my god, is this really going to happen? Is this really going to happen? We, 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 It sucked us in. We were wrestling fans. It was awesome. We had the running forearm for a two count. Spider sit up. Abigail no roll up. Uh, big clothesline, two count by Wyatt. Pele kick, psycho knee, two count. Springboard, 450, two count. AJ was selling his ribs. AJ's like, what am I going to do to keep this guy down? What can I do? Alright, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the forearm. Okay, sets up for the forearm. Caught. Sister Abigail. One, two, three. Your new... WWE champ Bray Wyatt. Okay, one point, two, I screamed. Really, really, really loud. Yep. Really loud. I'm just, I'm beyond excited, over the moon, so happy that they did this, because it's like, this has been rumored since about, since before Rumble that they were considering doing this, and it's like, oh my god, please do the thing. Please do it. Please give it to him. Please make him champion. Do it. And when Orton won the Rumble, it's like, here we go. We we can see where they're going with this. And they're going to pull the trigger on Bray. 
they're going to finally do it. I loved how they did it. I loved how the fact that he got to pin Cena and Styles to win the title, because that's huge for him. Bray is someone that it's like he, and we said this last week on the show when we were talking about Chamber, where he, they will take him right up to that edge, mm-hmm. but they will never push him over. Mm-hmm. Never. It's like he always gets tripped up, or he loses, or somebody's the better of him, or whatever. But Bray, it's like he'll get right there, but in the big match situation, he loses. He can't get it done, and that's not what you want for Bray. You want him to win. You want him to go over. Mm -hmm. So it's like the fact that they did this, the fact that they finally said, all right, we're going to put the title on you, we're going to make you champion, was awesome. was absolutely awesome. It was wonderful to see. I was so happy. Yeah, she was. I was very, very happy, because it's a long time coming. It's very well-deserved on Bray's part. I was reading the, we found the ESPN article about him, Monday that was saying, you know, he's been in the business eight years, and in the eight years he's been in, he's done six different gimmicks. What was awesome was his mom was there. His mom was there. His dad was there. His mom screamed so loud she lost her voice. It's adorable. And he hasn't stopped smiling since. As you can see in the graphic on the very expensive technology screen. Technology screen. He is smiling. From ear to ear, he's so excited. He's so happy. Like, when, when he went, when he won on Sunday, and they handed him this title, right? They give it to him. He starts laughing and he falls down and he starts rolling around with the title. It was hilarious. It's like, Bray, Bray, contain yourself. Just a little bit. So, we went four and three. Eight ball and went three and four. The video game went three and two. Very enjoyable show, especially for Luke Harper, Randy Orton, and the chamber match. Yeah, the chamber match overall was great. This was a nice mix of people. You had four guys who'd never done the chamber before, and then you had Cena and Miz, who were technically the veterans in the chamber. Really, Cena was, but... Miz had at least done one, so he had some experience with it. But, you know, you had guys in there that wanted to be in there that knew how to work it. Like, I I would say it was a great call throwing Ambrose in there, because that's his wheelhouse right there. Comes from CZW, he understands how to work cages, how to work any type of hardcore style. So it's like he can kind of sort of help everybody get through it. And he and Corbin have really nice chemistry together. Like, really nice chemistry. You know, AJ and Cena, always good call. Miz was a good call in terms of just having him in there to be, basically take a pinfall for somebody and have a decent showing. And he didn't have a great showing, but he was decent. And then, of course, there's Bray. So... Overall, really enjoyable show. Fastlane's going to have to live up to this. I don't know if it can. I think you'll have the better overall show. Fastlane or Chamber? Fastlane. Maybe. Because I think there'll be a better quality match all the way through. That's just... I think there'll be better quality matches. Because you're going to have Sammy and Joe. You're going to have Kevin and Goldberg, which will be quick. Roman and Braun. Charlotte and Bailey will be really good. You'll have better quality matches, probably. But moment-wise... You're not going to beat this moment. Yeah, you can't beat this moment. I mean, they put titles on on two people that the crowd reaction was just insane. And that's the thing I think that makes me really happy about Naomi and Bray both winning the title. Because it feels like pretty much anybody they put the title on, in terms of the men's, people are going to complain. And people have complained about Bray, but it's not to the extent of like when Cena gets the title, or even when Ambrose won it, or when Roman won it. It's just, it's like... 
the, those complaints aren't there with Bray. Because I think everybody's been waiting for him to get that title. Everybody's, everybody's been waiting for them to do something with him. And it's just like, when are you going to do it? When are you finally going to say, okay, Bray, it's your turn? And Sunday they did it. And it was just so nice. And if you don't enjoy it, stop watching. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's SmackDown Showdown. Yes! 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 You're going to get us in trouble. I want to address uh, LeMans' comment real quick before we go into SmackDown, even though we play the bumper. Uh, I don't think Jericho and KO need the title. I I really actually don't like it when they do situations like this because it goes from it goes from it being about the betrayal to the title. Still has a title. It still has a title, which is the U.S. title, or I'm sorry, the uh, Universal title. No, has the, it, no, have the U.S. title. You're you're correct on that because he's losing the belt. Jericho KO's losing the belt, so Jericho still has the U.S. title. Okay, right. Yeah, sorry. Jericho still has a U.S. title, but I, I don't want it to be about a title. I want it to be personal. Really, really, really deeply personal between these two. So it's like involving a title in it takes some of that away. Because it always becomes about the title. Always. No matter what. Whereas opposed this is very much, I gave you everything, I stood by you through everything, and you stabbed me in the back. Why? What did I ever do to you? And you just kind of go from there. But anyway, SmackDown. It opened... With a Wyatt full celebration. <laughs> he couldn't stop smiling. I have never seen a cult leader so happy in my entire life as I've seen Bray Wyatt with that title. That man has not stopped smiling since he won it. You can tell. He's just been a grinning fool for the last week. Because he's like, I'm the WWE champion. She always told me it would. She always told me. He cut a great promo. Cena came out. He said he didn't deserve it. And then AJ wanted his title shot. So that, I believe LeMans was worried about, um, AJ Styles getting his title shot or whether they would address it. They did. It's been AJ's sticking point. Whether it be on SmackDown or on Talking Smack, it was his sticking point. He wants his one-on-one match. So they're, they're not dropping that at all. It's going to play out as we go forward. So that set up a triple threat match later in the program. We'll get to that. Couple of things. Number one, Ambrose got Corbined. Corbin beat the ever-living crap out of Dean because Dean was looking for him because what happened in the chamber, he ran into James Ellsworth. You know, Carmella was trying to egg James on to fight Ambrose, so Daniel Bryan made the match. So Ellsworth is ready for the match. He's in the ring, and Dean Ambrose comes out. Doesn't come out because he gets attacked by Corbin. Corbin then fights with Dean on the uh, um, by the entranceway and then over to the sound production. Corbin gets the advantage and he throws Dean on a table. Sort of hits the ta- hits one of the tables, but not the first table, because the first table had cookies and the cookies were saved. The cookies survived, y'all. Dean didn't, but the cookies survived. I liked how they did this though, because you have Dean backstage looking for Corbin, and you never have Dean find Corbin. But Corbin gets the better of Ambrose, and now it's the situation of Dean can't pull his usual tricks with Corbin. He has to be. Just a little bit sneakier to get him, which I like. We had Becky and Mickey part two. Still good. Didn't hit fourth gear, but Mickey got her win back. Mickey sold an injury or faked an injury, and Becky hit, got Mick kicked, and Mickey James won, which I thought was going to be the finish on Sunday, but it was the finish on Tuesday. Uh, Alexa and Naomi had the verbal exchange. Alexa owned Naomi. Naomi was supposedly hurt. 
So the title defense is in doubt right now. Not sure if it's legit or not. Yeah. Alexa just, yeah. She's, Alexa's hit a stride that I don't think any other woman on that show has hit. She's just clicking on all cylinders right now. She's feeling whatever she's doing. She's really enjoying what she's doing. And I don't think in terms of mic work, there's a better woman on SmackDown. Then, also on the show, Daniel Bryan had his Jesus moment. Oh God. He was not happy. As he was trying to talk to Nikki, and then Natty came in, and they, they just started fighting, and security had to come involved, and he just screamed, Jesus, and he just sort of had to melt down and book them in a false count anywhere match next week. Brian is done with this crap. He is so done, which we can all expect that since it's false count anywhere, they're going backstage, and Nikki's going to bump into Maurice again because mania. And then we have Bray Wyatt's first title defense. Bray makes his entry. Lights come on. Who's there? This was the moment the entire WWE universe turned on Luke Harper because the light, because Bray comes out, he does his entrance, and they shot it a little bit differently, which is like, okay, all right. Bray, t- you know, turns the lights back on outside the ring because he's the last one to come out. He's got his back turned. When the lights come up, there's Luke Harper out of nowhere. And he just gives Bray this crazy look, and we're all standing here, like, waiting for it and going, Is he here to help, or is he here to hurt? Which one is he after? And sure enough, Luke Harper is there to mess Bray Wyatt up and potentially cost him the title, which we're all like, no! Because I was legit ready to go on the air Tuesday night and rant if Bray lost that title after two days. Was legit ready to do it. And there would have been alcohol involved. Just think about that one for a second. But thankfully... Luke didn't cost him the match. But yeah, one, it was a really cool moment because what I love with how they're doing Luke and Bray is Luke is getting rid of Orton. He's getting Orton out of the way so he can get to Bray. Because if there's anybody that can pose a very real challenge to Bray Wyatt, it's Luke Harper. Because Luke Harper knows everything about Bray Wyatt. And vice versa. But Luke knows Bray. He knows all of Bray's tricks. He knows where all the bodies are buried everything because he was with Bray for so long and he was the trusted general so Bray sort of relied on him so now Luke can take everything he knows and use it against Bray and it's going to be a fantastic feud after Mania but they're building it they're doing a slow burn to it which I really really like because there's a point where you know it's like Bray turns around and he sees Luke and he's like oh crap I forgot about you and he's like whoa 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 hold on a second Let's talk about this. And then Luke just kicks him in the face, which made me laugh like hell. Like, this moment was better than the match to me. Because <laughs> it was such a great moment. We're all sitting here like, okay, they're going to have Bray Wyatt win the title, right? They're going to have him retain. And then Luke shows up and it's like, shit, they're not. They're going to take it off of him. Damn it, they're going to take it off of him. Why are they doing this? Why? And then he was fine. But it was just that great moment. So they had a really good match. Bray Wyatt won with Sister Abigail and John Cena. After the match, Randy Orton came out. And he told Wyatt that he won the Rumble and all the privilege that come with it, but told Wyatt as long as he is the master and he is the servant, he refuses to fight him at WrestleMania. He he pledged his undying allegiance to Bray Wyatt. Lies. Next week on SmackDown, they will have a battle royal to determine the new number one contender. I could see this going a couple ways. AJ wins it and then doesn't get his title shot because Shane will screw him. Or Luke attempts to win it and Randy throws him out, keeping it open. Where there's no number one contender. 
I like the idea of Luke winning it, because then that creates the really interesting scenario of Bray and Luke and Randy are all in the match together for the title. Eric is going to come back into play at some point, because he is back at the Performance Center. He is working off the rust as we speak. So Eric should be hopefully ready in time for Mania. We'll have to see. If he's been given the green light to train, that's a really good sign for him. So he could play a factor in the match at Mania, but it's like, we talked about this kind of last week, how one of the really cool things they could do with Bray is that Bray has masterminded the fall of Randy Orton, basically. And what happens at Mania is... Randy thinks he's okay because, well, Bray and Luke are on the outs. And then Eric shows up and Bray and Luke and Eric all take out Randy together, reuniting the family. And you have Bray Wyatt basically come out and say, I fooled you, Randy. You know, the whole, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. It was a giant, you know, giant conspiracy theory. We all knew what you were doing, and now we're going to destroy you. Which leads to the feud between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Or you have Luke potentially cost Bray the title to Randy, which would make me cry. Which leads to a feud between Bray and Luke. Or you do just Bray and Randy. Because let's be honest, okay? Let's be completely honest about this. We all know this whole Randy Orton being the servant to Bray Wyatt thing is utter crap. It's lies. I mean, come on. Jade the Snake Roberts sent out a video about this where he congratulates Bray Wyatt and he goes, yeah, so about Randy, you may want to watch out for that one. Just saying. Like, if if Jake Roberts sees it and says something about it, it's like, you may want to pay attention there, Sparky. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But no. Okay, fine. Because, yeah. We're going to go about two weeks out for Mania. And Randy, this entire time, will be like, oh, I'm not going to hurt you, Bray. I love you, Bray. Psych! And he RKO's him, which leads to the match at Mania. I mean, that's 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 kind of how this is going to go. So, that's, that's Elimination Chamber and SmackDown in a nutshell. You don't have anything to add to that? What am I going to say to add to that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I got. She said all the words. Let's go to break. All right. So when we come back, we are doing tweet of the week and the NXT rundown. Rundown. I know the segments. I swear to God. So you'll see the rack right here on WallTalkRadio.com. We will be right back. Out and about when your favorite WTR program is on the air. Don't worry, we've got you covered. You can listen to WTR on the go with TuneIn Radio. Just download the TuneIn Radio app for your Android or iPhone, iPad or tablet, and search for Wild Talk Radio Network. Best of all, it's free. What are you waiting for? Download the TuneIn Radio app today. Tune in to WTR, wherever you are. Every Monday night, get caught up with everything that happens on Monday Night Raw with the Raw Post Show. Suplex City, bitch! From the big returns... Maybe I have one more ass-kicking left in I thought to myself... Maybe I have one badass spear left in me. 
Lesnar. Not only does that mean that you're next, but most importantly, it means Brock Lesnar, you're last. To the shocking moment. First off, thank you so much for that. Yeah, what's up, Detroit? And the moments that leave you speechless. You know, Chris, if you're going to put something on that list, why don't you start with that terrible scarf of yours? I mean, while I'm looking at you, you can add those rinky-dink tattoos on there, your tacky little haircut, your creepy mustache, and how about those trunks, Sparkle Crotch? What? Sparkle Crotch. They're sparkly, rhinestones all over the place. Sparkle Crotch. Go ahead, get it on the list, write it down. Sparkle Crotch. I'm going to say this one time. I am not Sparkle Crotch! It's the Raw Post Show, Monday nights, live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. This is Kane from WWE, and you're listening to The Rack on Wild Talk Radio. Here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211 for, for the journey, because follow the journey, because I almost screwed up the plug again. Also, if you're listening to us over at WildTalkRadio.com, RackRadioShow.com, and GerWork.net, thank you so much for joining us. You missed the news, you missed the Elimination Chamber, but you're just in time for Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Well, I used to be the kind of person spending time on my space Until the spammers ended up taking over my place And I was so bitter Until I found Twitter Ooh, a place where you can go ahead and write what you're feeling 140 characters or less is what you're giving My addiction starts to climb I go to refresh my timeline Cause I won't stop tweeting No more, no more It cannot wait I'm sure Biggie, how are XFL throwback jerseys not a thing? Seriously, why are they not a thing? Mm-hmm. Finn Balor, injury update. Thank you for all your well wishes. My Tetris top score, 100, or let's see... You stole my tweet. I told you not to steal my tweet. You stole my tweet. I got it six days ago. So did I. Well, fine. I won't read it. No, finish reading it. You already started. So go. My Tetris top score, 177,900, will not be broken today, but nor will my fighting spirit. Hashtag return. And it's a picture of Finn's thumb with a band-aid. I'm going to finish. I'm going to read two tweets now because you stole my tweet. Okay. Read two tweets. Scott Armstrong. 
Damn, you need a job, at Finn Beller. Finn Beller, I agree. Consider this my application to Nintendo America. Because they, the, they were the follow-ups. They had them all, and you didn't even, you only had the one. Hashtag, she stole my tweet. I always steal your tweets. I know. <laughs> Triple H, a man of his own creation. He followed his own path to the WWE Championship. Congratulations to Bray Wyatt. Hashtag WWE Chamber. Hashtag we are NXT. And it's a pic- he has a picture of Bray when he first started in NXT as Bray Wyatt, and then him with a title. And damn, his beard has grown. Kipsop, just had a cancellation this weekend. Open for bookings. Contact me, kipsop at yahoo.com. Baron Corbin replies, do you mow yards? Oh, you didn't know? And Kip replies, yes, for the right price. Your ass better call somebody on a Sunday to go mow my lawn. Right? Phil Goldberg, morons. Kevin Owens replies, can... Considering you almost knocked yourself out headbutting a door, you should probably reconsider calling other people morons. And Goldberg responds, keep digging that hole, kid. And Kevin shoots back, okay, Bill, I've been digging holes for myself for 17 years, and I'm doing pretty good. See you at Fastlane. Goldberg fires back with, take lots of pictures with it, Kevin. Remember the moment at Fastlane, it's gone. Kevin goes, take lots of pictures? Remember the moment? What are you, my dad? Stop telling me what to do, and no, I will not turn down my music. Goldberg responds, well, if Goldberg or Sir doesn't work for you, then yes, Daddy is fine. And this is where this takes a really weird turn. Because Kevin replies, I'm sure that sounded cool in your mind, or I'm sure that in your mind that sounded super cool and badass, but it's just really, really creepy. Anyway, happy Valentine's Day with... Three kissy faces. Kevin, you cheeky bastard. And finally, Biggie. I spent all day trying to suppress the urge to take a happy Valentine's Day pick with my right hand. All damn day. That's all I have. Following our hashtag internet hip hop. Woo4chan? HTMLL Cool J? I got 99 problems remembering my password is one of them. A tribe called MapQuest. What does the Firefox say? Straight out of Doc Compton. You down with USB? Yeah, you know me. WebMD, Dre. Baby got hacked. Nothing but a GeoCity Geo Stang. Grand Napster Flash. Mama said knock, Mama said block you out. Straight out of compact. Siri mix a lot. Yahoo let the dogs out. Run MS DOS. Yahoolio. Master P2P. Uh, pay better, ba- PayPal better have my money. For Rihanna. Grandmaster HTML5. Down with OPP. You know, other people's porn. Java Z. Hi. My name is hotgirl69 at AOL.com. Jarul34. I like reboots, and I cannot lie. Crushing down the street in my com- uh, Commodore 64. Grandmaster Adobe Flash. Those are all the internet hashtag. Internet hip hop. Tommy Dreamer. Um, Total Battles show spoiler. If it didn't happen on TV, it can't be true, cause John Lauren I just tweeted, A beautiful morning in San Diego eating breakfast with the, with the Mama Bella watching a JJ and what Lola likes. Strolling, strolling. Um, Tommy Dreamer, uh, sorry, Red Tommy Dreamer, John Lauren I just goes, Only Tommy Dreamer would know. Great guy, wish we still had, we still day to day operations. Hashtag people power. Uh, WWE Creative Edge. Nice to see Mickey James ring rust. That David Otonga keeps bringing up is wearing off so she can make an impact. Hashtag WWE Chamber. Fake ESPN. UConn's women basketball team has won 100 straight games. According to our calculations, it'll take the Browns 47 years to win 100 games. Perusing.net. Are Luke Harper's shirts cleaner now? That he's a baby face? A little bit. Uh, Timaso Ciampa. There's nothing quite like the road to WrestleMania. Naomi, Bray, Bailey, Festival, Friendship, DIYs, Twitter. WWE is on fire right now. By the way, his tweet about the um, festival of friendship where, where he's taking out his TV was amazing. Gargano, yeah. Chiapa, wasn't it? Or was it Gargano? Yeah, it was Gargano. No, Gargano did it. Right, that's right. Uh, keep it five star. I'll fade away and class my, find myself as Met 
Dalik Shark Bar. TNA board meeting. Treasurer. It's good to have Don West deals back on the fold. On the fold. Revenue is up 400%. Creative. Yeah, but we still have Josh. Yeah, it's the only one I grab between two. If you haven't seen a Shark Boy and Josh Matthews have come in going at it. I can't tell if it's storyline or not. It's, it's Josh maybe, but he's not. Anyway. Finally, not SportsCenter. The, the team behind the Patriots today is writing a Tom Brady Super Bowl 51 movie. The reviews are in, right? Falcons fan. The first part was great, but I choked up at the ending. Cowboys fan. Hashtag not my Super Bowl movie. NFL fan. I've seen this movie way too many times. Donald Trump. I left halfway through, but my Russian friends say the ending was great. Hillary Clinton. Can we stop saying that I'm the Falcons already? Mark Wahlberg. Have you figured it out from Boston yet? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Kyle Shanahan. Why didn't the Falcons run the ball? Oh, right. Never mind. Tom Brady. I think everyone should see this, especially commissioners. Roger that. Roger Goodell. This movie sucked. Whoever. So there you go. Who, uh, yeah. Uh, whoever made this clearly broke the rules. And America, no sequels, please. Enough already. So that's Tweet of the Week. It's time for this week's edition of the NXT Rundown. So last week, Liv Morgan took on, uh, Billy Kay. And she had some issues with Payne Rice as well. So this week, she needed a partner in a tag match. Who did she find? Ember Moon. I'm always up for saying Ember Moon. But boy, oh boy, did um, uh, Liv lead Ember to a beating? Yeah, I mean, there's the, kind of this moment where it's like, Liv distracts the ref, right? And Ember gets beat up. And I said to Rock, I was like, wait, did she just screw her own tag team partner? Yep. So could Liv be turning heel? Nope, it's a rookie mistake. I really didn't like this match. They tried very, very hard, but there was just a lot of chemistry missing in this, which is kind of interesting because it's like you have Ember Moon, who is fantastic in the ring. Billy Kay is supposedly supposed to be really good. She's not there yet. And I haven't heard enough about Payne Royce to be sure. Honestly, as cute as Liv Morgan is, there's something with her that just doesn't click with me. I just, everybody else fawns over Liv Morgan, and I'm just like... She's okay. She's not there yet. She's not there yet. They're trying. They're trying really hard. They're building... With Liv Morgan, they're building her from scratch. Yeah. So it's like she's trying, but it's just... It's not there yet. I think the only one in this match that's really there is Ember Moon, and that's just because she has all the experience coming in from the indies. And Liv has... sort of learned all of this. And Liv has no experience going in, so this is... This is an experiment they're building out on their own. Uh, Peyton and Billy have a little bit of experience. Billy Kay's not there yet. She's very stiff in her movements and her reactions and everything like that. Peyton Royce is okay once you can figure out who's who. Um, yeah, uh, Team Peyton and Billy Kay won the match. Um, Authors of Pain, Authors of Pain beat two dudes. DIY came out later. They want their rematch. Authors of Pain came out. Seems like we're good to get that match. Then the Revival jumped DIY. So we have a three-way feud brewing for the tag team titles, which is good. So DIY pins the Revival. Possibly, uh, and I think that's billing to take over Orlando. I'm okay with this. And then we had a really good UK title match. Oh my god, I love the, I love the British guys. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. I love how Trent comes out, and Tyler too. But he's like basically... 
shaking his hand, holding out to the crowd. So he's like, I'm shaking your hand. And he's walking around being like, oh my god, hi, and being all friendly and nice and everything like that, and shaking everybody's hand. He's super happy to be here. And then, you know, Tyler comes out, does kind of the same thing. And it was just, it was so cute. Like, they were both genuinely happy to be there. Really genuinely happy to be there. Or they sold it really well. Not sure which. So, first thing. Tyler Bates 19. He's a child! He doesn't look it, though. Yes, he does! No, he doesn't. That must- No, you stand him next to Trent Seven. Trust me, he looks like a child. Okay, you stand him next to Trent Seven. Yes. But on his own, I thought he was Rockstar Sp- Spud's father. It's the mustache. Yeah. It ages him. It really does. But he's 19 years old. It's like, wait, he's 19? He's really good for 19 years old. Yeah, he is. He's The more experience he gets, the more phenomenal he will be. By the way, sound the hot take alarm. The UK style will get over more than 205 Live Cruiserweight style. That's a hot take. And then I said the same thing to him like an hour later. Yeah, but it's a hot take for y'all. Because it would. It's more hard-hitting, it's different, than the flippy stuff everyone else does. Do they do some of the same stuff as many people? Yes, but this is hard-hitting. This would get over more than anything else. That said, don't put it on Raw, don't put it on SmackDown, leave it on NXT. Yeah, leave it on NXT, have it have it be an NXT thing. I think it's easier to integrate the UK guys better than, than the cruiserweights, because the cruiserweights have very specific rules, whereas the UK wrestlers... They don't. They Anybody can technically go for that title. I don't think you have to be British to win it. Who knows? But you can tell some really interesting stories with it. And it's a good secondary title for NXT. Next week, we're going to have Mark Andrews versus Pete Dunne. There's a YouTube video where William Regal gets up in the face of Pete Dunne again. Awkward as all hell. Go check it out. Am I the only one that thinks Pete Dunne... Looks like Tom Hardy in Legend, where Tom Hardy plays the Cray Brothers. Am I the only one that sees that? Because, like, I look at Pete Dunne, and I'm just like, holy crap. I don't know. I would need to see a picture to um, tell you for sure. But also, somewhere, Dean Ambrose was having Kill Bill sirens because William Ringle is flirting with Pete Dunne. Just saying. Apparently, Matt agrees with you. And I'm not drunk. Tonight. Just saying, Matt. That was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. And it'll be tomorrow night, too. But not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight was show night. I'm not allowed to drink on show nights. A lot. Anymore. A lot. Anyway, that'll do it for the show. That's it! We're done! We're out! So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us, and well, do you have plugs? I do have plugs. Saturday night, midnight dishes, another edition of CV Radio. The weird, the wacky, the unusual. We're doing, in honor of President's Day on Monday, we're doing the Greater Than Great, Debra- Greater Than Great Debate Presidential Edition. Real and non-real. Real and fake presidents. Talk about it. Where does the CDB radio president fall? Does he even make the list? Find out. CBRadioLive.com. CB Radio Midnight Dish. Sunday Night Russell Talk Radio returns 10 p.m. Eastern with Tim Stein, Heartbreak Mike, and the Omega. Monday Night's Raw Post Show, 11 10 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday Night's 11 30 p.m. Eastern. We're calling it now WTR Sims. Because I don't have a better name for it. It's, it's really taken over. People are really enjoying it live. So go to twitch.tv slash rackradioshow so you know when we go live. Tuesday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Jobber, what happened? He lost the belt to an intern. Jobber, how could you? So check it out. The archive available at youtube.com slash rackradioshow. 
We'll be back next Thursday for another edition of Rack, right here, 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk NXT, SmackDown, Throwdown, the news, and a book review of WWE Book of Rules, and so much more. Check us out. Rack Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter.com, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Search Rack Radio Show. We're there. We're live. We're a thing. At Wild Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Wild Talk Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Linsward, L-I-N-S-W-R-D, and go to my website, PsychWardDesigns.com. If you like my artwork, if you'd like to view my artwork, it is available for your viewing pleasure at Behance.net slash Linsward, same as the Twitters. Also, don't forget to check out our amazingly awesome sponsors, Gerwig.net, TNAsylum.net, the haven for TNA fans, and Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MDG1211. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. You've been listening to The Rock right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we will see you next week. Bye! WildTalkRadio.com 